Lillard, long range three, and it's good! At the buzzer, Damian Lillard, are you kidding me? Hello Blazers fans and welcome to Rose City Colored Glasses, a Portland Trail Blazers podcast. I am Will and with me as always my co-host Seth. Say hello Seth. Everyone. All right. And uh, Merry Christmas for uh, since we're a little late but yeah happy holidays. We're not the only podcast who took last week off. Now granted the NBA started having real games starting last week so it's like I feel like we've missed a lot since we were kind of like spinning our wheels for a little bit there, but we were waiting for content after that one episode where we're like, there's really not that much to talk about. <laughs> there wasn't for a while. It's all right. Uh, so yeah, like it, we've been through like a week of games, basically a week and a couple days and uh, Blazers have had some ups and downs to be, to be uh, just perfectly honest yeah i mean look we lost bad to the jazz in the opener uh we scraped one out with houston uh in ot in ot uh uh, like a houston club that was like pretty like they were missing a lot of they had nine players yeah like they covid came through and like took out like everybody uh and uh then we beat the lakers which was a full strength, by the way, full strength Lakers. We just beat up. It was, you know, we, I guess we can rise to, uh, rise to, to the competition when, when, uh, when we need to, which is super cool. Um, and then tonight before recording, we watched, uh, the Clippers just absolutely embarrassed. 23 us. was the differential at the end or something, right? Or close. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, it, I don't think we ever led. I didn't get to really pay, maybe in the first quarter, but it, it was pretty close for the first five minutes of the first, and then it was, you know, the, at the end of the at the end of one, the Clippers had like a fifteen point lead, and they didn't really look back. So no, you know, it's ups and downs. Like this is early; these guys really haven't practiced with each other very much. So whatever chemistry we have is that we're putting together on the fly. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, there have been some bright spots, uh, through this, you know, 500 game or 500 record, uh, for the first four games, uh, Derek Jones Jr. Oh, looks really good. Uh, if anybody got to watch the Lakers game, he had two chase down blocks on LeBron and the first one in that game, you could hear it off the backboard oh it was so good uh because we are a weekly podcast or a you know at least a timely podcast we can date ourselves there's a meme going around with an african-american gentleman hitting a racist white man with a can of twisted tea that very many people have will have you not seen this no, no, I'm not on Twitter. Oh anymore, so. my gosh! It is taking the internet by storm. Uh, it it is exactly what I said. There is a white guy, uh, in line at a convenience store with an African American man, 
and the white guy is using the N word with no ab- uh, abandonless, just keeps saying the N word over and over. Mm-hmm. And he asks the black man to smack him mo- multiple times, challenging him about his use of the N word. And the uh, African American gentleman takes the can of twisted tea that is in his hand, flips it up in the air as to catch it, drops it, unfortunately, because if he hadn't dropped it, this would be complete platinum. (laughs) He drops the can on the ground, goes to pick it up. The white guy kicks at his hand, and then the black guy winds up and smashes the can against the guy's face. And it has a sound of a double bass pedal hitting a drum kit. And many people have since gone on to use that in meme samples for music like We Will Rock You. And I think I saw the Imagine Dragons. uh, I can't even remember the song, even though I played it on Beat Saber a million times. (laughs) Anyways, Derek Jones Jr.'s block on LeBron sounded like that. Oh, that's fantastic. That sounds Uh, rad. That was a long digression. I hope you all appreciate that. I'd have seen the meme, Uh, but his defense looks good. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is uh, quickly winning my Wesley Matthews award. I mean, he already kind of had, he had that place. He he was, he had one foot in that place in your heart and he, that Lakers game, he was just draining threes. Oh, just draining threes and playing some decent defense, even Mm -hmm. though it wasn't called. Based on that, Will, if Gary Trent Jr. can figure out how to facilitate just a little bit, why do we need Anthony Simons? Well, I I mean, I I get what you're saying, but also this is why you get uh, a few young, talented guys with high ceilings on your basketball team because some of them are going to develop into superstars and some of them are going to be role players and some of them are going to wash out. And like yeah. the the Blazers draft strategy for what seems like a lot of time has been, we're going to draft the guy with a high ceiling because we've got, we got dudes to play most of our positions and then we'll just see who works out or not. And uh, yeah. you know, when you've got, you know, Simons, who we drafted, like, out of high school, basically. Yeah, uh, pretty much, yeah. As it, close as you can in the NBA today, yeah. You know, that's probably, that's the other thing, is, like, Simons is likely younger than many of the, the like, many people who were drafted this year. He's probably still younger than some of the first-round picks this year. So, that's always worth Or the same age, at least. Yeah, or at least the same age. Same like, age, he's, probably, yeah. He is a, a young man, so. Yeah, I'm not ripping on him, I just... Again, it goes back to our you know thing of like the people that overvalue young talent on the Blazers. It's a constant ref- or value talent that isn't the obvious talent on the Blazers. Uh, I told my JJ Hicks Lamarcus Aldridge story a couple <laughs> podcasts ago. We told the story of the guy saying get rid of McCollum for Simons. Uh, which uh, I'm going to use that as a transition. That seems like a really dumb idea 
Yeah, uh, well, considering what we saw against Houston. Yeah, James Harden has expanded the list of places he would like to be that aren't Houston uh, to include the Trailblazers of all teams. And uh, he said that basically right before we played, uh, before the Blazers <laughs> played them. Right before we played them. And uh, he put up this beautiful 44-point, like, double-digit assist game. And uh, CJ put up a 44-point game and said, you know, I'm all right, too. Yeah, and uh, CJ, uh, one of the reasons I really like CJ McCollum is that uh, he is – he and Dame are very, very similar, not just in body size and ball-dominant guard and – can't really play defense and undersized and all of that. But he's sitting there's like, yeah, I heard it. What am I supposed to think? Like, if we traded for James Harden, I wouldn't be here. Right, right. I, like- I, I acknowledge this, but it doesn't make me want to play harder against one of the best players in the world. I got this covered. Right. And I think that's the... I think that's the professional athletes. There are many differences between professional athletes and the average guy. Uh, but we sit there and average guy will be like, yeah, I need a reason to beat this guy. CJ McCollum doesn't need a reason to beat anybody. This is his job to go out and beat somebody. I don't need the extra motivation. I'm just going to go do my job. Yeah, I think it's easy to make the false equivalency that like, yeah, I might play basketball harder against someone who I really wanted to beat um, as a a guy who's bad at basketball and doesn't play basketball for a living. But I'm not a professional. uh, And uh, I mean, I am also very bad at basketball, but I would definitely try harder if like somebody said something mean to me. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend I wouldn't. But, but like that, that might make a difference because the uh, will you have a math degree? Yes. Uh, what is the graph uh, uh, when it has kind of the compound interest line called an exponential graph? Thank you. That's what I was kind of looking for. Uh, uh, the difference in talent between Joe, you and. Uh, the worst professional basketball player and me and the best professional ba- or worst professional basketball player, not singling you out. It's huge. Yeah. But the difference between CJ McCollum and James Harden, while very big, isn't really that big compared to what it's like. Right. For us. And, and CJ and all these guys have gotten where they are in their careers by playing like every game is a big game. Like whether or not you think CJ's contract is good, the fact that he's making $33 million a year is because he's takes his job very seriously and works really hard. Like there's no, and he's good at it. He is. He it's is. not like he's, it, yeah, this contract's an albatross to trade and to get somebody better than CJ, but really that's the only reason it's an albatross is because, but by that rec, by that rationale, by that rationale, so's Dame's contract. Look at look at the look at Harden. Like you Harden. know, like oh, they're they're not exactly they're, they're not fielding crazy offers for James Harden. 
right now. And James Harden is a two-time MVP or one-time? Uh, I believe a two-time MVP. Let me check uh, really quick. But he has been the scoring champion the past three years. Yeah. I, that one I know for sure. Okay, yeah, he was... Yeah, uh, 2018? Yeah, 2007, 2018. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that was his only MVP. But, like, again... MVP player, uh, again, scoring titles, like almost you could almost write him in for it at this point, oh, right? Yeah, it's just like I don't know who's a better offensive player, or let me rephrase, I don't know who's a better point getter in the NBA than James Harden. Nobody scores points better than James Harden. He is yeah. granted, and look, you have to build your offense around him. There's, I'm not saying he's perfect, do score some points. And they're having trouble, like, finding a, a trade destination for him. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. Yeah, McCollum's contract's an albatross if you don't believe in the Damon C.J. backcourt, which is a completely viable argument. Um, I don't, right now, honestly, they are the best backcourt in the NBA until – Clay Thompson gets back, but wait, Clay Thompson's probably not going to play this season. Probably not. And so there's... you could probably talk me into a couple other backcourts. You could like, talk me into really Wallen Harden. You could talk me into Wallen Harden. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know what? You could look if you if you got me if you sat me down. Beal and Westbrook is fun. Westbrook. Isn't the best player, but Beal's really good. He's Beal's really good. really good. Westbrook is, uh, you know, he deserves a place in the Hall of Fame just because he is like the definition of Hall of Fame numbers, if not a Hall of Fame player. He's he is one hell of a guy. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's a guy that's really fun to watch if he's not on your team and you don't care about basketball yeah like mario hazonia well he was just i don't know i don't know what mario hazonia was mario hazonia was a wow you must have been really bad at soccer too oh that's just mean uh uh, speaking of season-ending injuries i don't know if you saw that uh zach zach collins is undergoing another ankle surgery and is going to be out an indefinite period of time ankles i mean look as as two men coming very quickly on 40 if your ankle hurts it's it's not great oh it sucks it's uh not great and zach collins is in considerably better shape than you and i are oh and he's also 23 yeah so he'll heal Uh, faster but he's also uh jumps and runs for a living yeah uh so this is one of those things where my passions in my hopefully future career and my current career, uh, I'd really like to read the op report on the first surgery and the second surgery going, what did you not get done in the first surgery? Now, granted, it's a stress fracture. That's kind of difficult and it is subject to the uh, patient doing what they're told and there's a couple of again i don't know the rehab rate of a lateral malleolus stress fracture uh for our fan 
uh, the lateral malleolus. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what leg it is, but the, uh, you have these bumps on your ankles uh, that you can feel on both sides. The lateral one is the one on the outside, and he had a stress fracture of that on a particular leg. Um, it's a kind of a cap kind of bone that sort of has stuff to do with the ankle joint. Not really, but it does. Uh, ankle joints really complicated. In fact, if I think about it, it might be one of the more complicated joints in the body. So I get how this could take a long time to heal, but I'm really curious. Is like, what did you miss on the first one that you had to go back in? And that might be unfair to the surgeons. I and it also, I, it, it could be that, you know, in rehab, you've got to consider these guys are... Uh, even like ideally, if you step on step on it wrong, like even if you're rehabbing safely and slowly, you can still you can you still, still mess jack it up. it up. Yeah. Uh, for our you know longtime Blazers fans, uh, I think this would have been 09-2010 season or 2010-2011. It was one of those two seasons. We were so depleted by injuries that Nate McMillan, the head coach at the time, was playing in a scrimmage for practice <laughs> and he ruptured his Achilles. Oh, do you remember that? I do. Like, And uh, it was honestly, it was one of the times that I think we like Nate McMillan the best because the article that came out after that was like, he was, cr- it was the first time he couldn't be on the road, so he left it to the assistants. Like, he was crying in the interview, oh. apparently. It's just like, oh man, he's a good dude. Maybe not the best coach, but he's a good dude. I, I wish nothing but the best for him. Okay. He's but not, again, yeah. he just, uh, he, uh, yeah, he was playing basketball and he was 40 against, you know, people half his age. Maybe that wasn't a great idea. But you can have the same injury he did by stepping off a curb wrong at that age. So, oh, yeah. At that, that age, at any age. I mean, yeah. 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 It, so, look, it's, it's, it happens. You know, we were just wishing the best of luck to, to Zach. Hope he gets feeling yeah. better soon. Not just because we want to see him play basketball, but we didn't pick up his option, did we? I'm going to be the jerk really quick. I, I have no idea. I don't think I, because if I remember how everything kind of worked this year, is that, Gary Trent Jr. decided to become a restrictive free agent next season. So he didn't, he chose not, he chose to not sign an extension. And I think we decided against a Zach Collins extension. And if we did, that might have been one of the best moves we've made in a really long time. I wish him the best, but business wise. Because we picked up Simon's and uh, Little's uh, extension uh, just a couple weeks ago. Very small. Like, we extended them. Yeah, it doesn't look like we uh, picked up his option. Okay, so... so It looks like he's got a qualifying offer come up uh, next year, and then he could be a restricted free agent uh, after this season, I guess. Yeah. So, So, I mean... it, it might end up being a blessing in disguise and nothing against Zach. Like I, I really liked the Zach Collins draft pick when we did it. Like when I really dove into it, I was like, 
I like me a seven footer who looks like he can do something. And, you know, I've been burned by that as a Blazers fan multiple times. Uh, uh, I've been burned by that before I had cognitive abilities. Hi, Sam Bowie. <laughs> uh, but, you know, oh, Greg Oden. We yeah, already had Clark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I We could say the same thing about Greg Oden over Kevin Durant. We already have Brandon Roy. Oh, that one's that that doesn't make any sense though. Oh, like, I mean, <laughs> like now it, it totally. I I mean, you and I were both there. We, we didn't, defended it. We defended it. We didn't see the that's NBA code. Like like if you look at the NBA today, that's the looks terrible, right? Because like, oh yeah, who needs a center? Like who needs a dominating in the middle center when like basically the Golden State Warriors were like, no, actually Kevin Durant puts us over the top with our amazing shooting guard and point guard. Like, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think they needed to go over the top. They'd won the year before they lost to, uh, you know, LeBron on a mission in 2016, but uh, yeah, Kevin Durant joining Steph Curry and Clay Thompson was almost just, you know, they stepped in to block the Chris Paul to LA trade. I don't know why they didn't try to block that. Yeah. Oh, because it was a free agent signing. That's yeah. why. I I was not. Um, that was a hard year to watch. Like those those couple of years was like, well, I I'm in until I just didn't even watch the finals. Like I'm like I can't. I can't watch this juggernaut. Like uh, I, I think I watched seventeen, and I tried to watch eighteen, and that just didn't work. That was just not fun to watch. And then yeah, I watched Toronto Golden State in nineteen <laughs> because that was really fun. It was really fun, except for the you know the, the horrific injuries and stuff. But yeah, uh, and then I watched. You know, this last one, obviously, with L.A. and the Heat. That was actually a pretty fun final. That was a fun series, yeah. Uh, all things considered. But, <laughs> yeah, look, we've made some mistakes. Anyway, Zach Collins, uh, <laughs> I wish him well. Yeah, sorry. I was like, how did we go down this road? <laughs> we've oh, yeah, made Zach some Collins. mistakes. I love that. Well, uh, we've made some mistakes. Most of them have been over seven feet tall. Um I, I'm, I'm serious. Like, have we drafted? We've had good seven footers, but I don't know if we've drafted a seven footer that was good. Huh? Because I mean, Duckworth was over seven feet, but we traded for him. Yeah. I don't know if we've drafted a seven footer that's been anywhere near that we'd have to go through and like neither of us are blazers historians i mean i might be closer to that than you and i can tell you right now i have no idea myers sounds right he's not on our team anymore and he didn't work out i know i love myers though i unironically love myers i i again you and i have had this conversation that i (laughs) even yelled at a blazers game when Myers was on the floor and missed a shot or did something that, or he fouled stupidly, I would just scream, why aren't you better at basketball? (laughs) If you look at the guy and I don't know what else he was put on this earth to do. 
like he's got a not quite Dwight Howard super soldier body, but damn close. Oh, and he can also hit a three ball on occasion, but he just couldn't get everything to come together. Couldn't get it all to hit on the other players' uniform. And uh, you know what? He's having a good time in Miami. There's there's nobody who likes. Look, Myers Leonard, I think he likes not wearing a shirt. Portland's not a good town if you like if you like having your shirt off. Well, I mean, and his wife is very, very attractive. And so I don't know, maybe he didn't want to see her in a parka all the time. So Hey, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Uh what else do we have on the docket for tonight? We kind of cut that. Yeah, we kind of went through everything. I mean, you know, real games. Uh it's exciting. Um yeah, I guess we could talk about what's what's coming up next uh, as far as schedules, you know, as uh, far as the schedule goes. So we lost to the Clippers tonight, and do we play one or two games at Golden State coming up? Uh, we play two games in a row, which is weird. It's the pandemic scheduling. Yeah. So, yeah, we play Friday night and Sunday afternoon. Um, and, then- and then we're back on the fifth against chicago i think yep that's right and then why do i know that off the top of my head because you got the velcro brain dude yeah that's why we that's that's good so yeah we got a few we gotta get to watch blazers play the warriors uh they just lost marquise chris who was starting to turn into like a good little nba player i was i was enjoying him but have you watched weissman at all yeah he's i haven't either i haven't yet He's, he's like like uh sort of reminds me of like early Lamarcus, just like a gazelle. The dude is fast. He runs uh, very fast. Uh, and he's very if, tall. Yeah. So he's he's a fun player. I think I think that uh you know I think that he'll he should have a good time. Um a, you know, just like a good a good career, I think, if he stays healthy. But yeah, you know, I uh it should be fun games to watch. I look forward to watching the, you know, Blazers play the Warriors. I'm sure one of those will be nationally televised. And, uh, you know, good. Always good to see Dave and Steph just see what, like, see what they're going to do as far as. Oh, I bet you. I think they're both. I think they're probably going to go have a socially distanced glass of wine with CJ. <laughs> CJ's going to, CJ's brought up a case of his, oh. you know, fine reserve. Yeah. He's gonna give it to uh, Steph. Going, hey man, you know we like you. We're competitors, but we dig you. You're having a really rough time. Here's the case. <laughs> Let's open a bottle right now, and maybe they open three. And Steph looks at Dame. Dame looks at Steph, and they go half court shot tomorrow night. And they, go, yeah. That's fun. I like that. That's good. And CJ sitting there going, "All right, that's fine." Hey, Dave, could you pick me up for a couple cutters and look out for Derek really quick? Should you be like, "I'm not going to tell two of the best shooters in the NBA not to jack up half court shots." Oh. They're getting drunk on my wine right now. If people know this, I'm going to make money. I love, I love the 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 the, the setting and that that you've developed. It's good times. I, you know, I, I try to make the theater of the mind. I very good, very good, uh, good pod. Oh, uh, before we leave, yeah. uh, 
just so because uh, we promised this on like the second episode, we did finally do our fantasy basketball oh, league drafts. Yes. Uh, we're gonna we'll talk about that more later, but my brief synopsis of it was ridiculous drafting an fantasy league with only four teams and one of those teams only drafting the Blazers. It was <laughs> again, y'all are probably going, of course it was ridiculous. No, no, I I knew it would be ridiculous. I didn't know I'd get Chris Paul as my last pick, and that's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, your 13th pick, you're picking up Chris Paul as like the Blazers take Nasir Little. Uh yeah, it was it was one of those where you don't have very many shifting moments of perspective, but that was one of them. And I, it does not bode well for our thesis that the Blazers as a team will do better than a fantasy team this year. No. But it'll be interesting to see nonetheless. You know what? It'll be fun. Uh, you know, they do have Dame. They do have one legitimate first-round pick. Uh Oh, and I mean, and CJ's been playing. Here's the thing. It's like, I completely agree on paper. Yeah, Dame's the only one that you pick in the first round, but CJ has not been playing bad for the first part of the season. And I don't know, we haven't talked about this much, but the one thing I've noticed the first four games is Dame's been quiet. So I don't know if he's still warming up. As quiet as 28 points against Houston can be, uh, oh, and he also did 28, I think, against L.A. Yeah, but he was, like, both, like, uh, tonight's game, he didn't score a field goal in the first half. Yeah, and I, I get what you're saying, because it feels like, wait, where's Dame? But he's, it, it might be one of those, it might be the quick turnaround, it might be him finding his way. Uh, he like, did. He, he might he, just be tired. He played the most minutes in the NBA last season. Actually, CJ did. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. he was. Uh, no, because, because Dame missed a couple games. Dame missed some time. CJ played the most minutes in the NBA last year. Dame was number five. <laughs> yeah, our guys, our guys uh, do some work. So. They have some miles on them, and if Dame... <laughs> like, if you saw our bench last year, past like number eight, it was pretty rough. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Dame, CJ, Mello, uh, Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside. We had Ariza and and Bazemore. And Bazemore. But they they are different times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, after that, uh, Gary Trent Jr. I'm I'm into my bench now. Uh Uh-huh. Anthony Simons, mm-hmm. uh, who's eight? On is it Mario Hazonia? It was Hazonia for a eight. good portion of the se- season. It was Mario. Like that's oh, why. Like so it, bad. Mario Hazonia and Anthony Tolliver were like on the floor at the same time for like extended stretches of the beginning. Uh, I don't want to say things bad about Anthony Tolliver as a person, but as a player, well, he's managed to be. Make a career as a basketball player. That's what I can say about Anthony Tolliver. He's not as young as he used to be. And it's more than I've ever done in a professional sport. Yeah. Look, he's great. For me to join the disc golf senior uh, tour. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. I'll drag you along. 
Chris will win it all, but you and I will be have more fun. Uh, it says the 40 year old who's going to be playing rugby next year if uh, if it gets opened up at all to do so. Uh, so, hey, uh, that's a fun thing. Uh, do you want to talk about our, uh, well, not not our New Year's resolutions, but that's like, so you're going to play rugby if it gets opened up. I'm going to try to actually get into a futsal team finally. Nice. I've been nice. wanting to do that for a while. So, whether or not that happens, I'm going to figure out how to dribble a damn soccer ball on my feet. That's one of my goals for 2021. That not dying. Like, I, I you know, I, I have pretty low threshold. Of like, <laughs> learn how to dribble a soccer ball on my feet, you know, yeah. the walking and bouncing it and not dying. So I have a, you know, anything beyond that, like, hey, it's gravy, man. That's it's awesome. just gravy. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll probably try to do uh keep up on the running and try to keep losing some weight but you know playing rugby i just know that like once if if rugby starts and i can start playing rugby like uh the fitness thing is no longer like i don't have to worry as much about fitness because you play rugby you just get in shape it's like uh it's easy so i have a not sports one it's like i hey you know we don't talk about what it is but i have a new job and i've been unemployed pretty much since the pandemic started and looking at my job it's like oh well one based on how everything works i don't have time to eat really (laughs) that that kind of helps but yeah it's just like oh i'm not going to be stuck in my house anymore or i'm not going to you know, my day isn't going to consist of a walk to the coffee shop with the dog as like the one thing that I do that is sort of normal. <laughs> so, yeah, like I'm with you. It's like, oh, the minute that I'm not stuck in this house, I think the fitness will kind of take care of itself. You know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that, yeah, if being at home, and I, I this is, I think, for a lot of people, being home is not great, you know, and I've got kids. So like, I've got to have snacks around and look, the Oreos are out. Like what are you going to do? What are they going to do? Oreos are delicious. So, well, and, and see, you have better impulse control than I do. Cause <laughs> if I had Oreos in the house and this is why I tend to keep my snacks to a minimum <laughs> in my house is I'll wake up at one o'clock in the morning and go, Oh, okay. I'll pour myself a glass of milk. <laughs> oh, well, it gets worse. I'm telling you, it gets worse. I'll get the Oreos out with the peanut butter. Oh, no. And I'll no. just, yeah, I will. Like the fact that I'm not fatter than I am kind of shocks me sometimes, given some of my habits. I don't know if you know how many calories are in like a single Oreo, but it's not exactly uh, calorie. Like it's, it's like you know, energy rich, not nutrient dense. Uh huh. As and, they and, say, and uh, peanut butter also not exactly a low calorie food. Yeah, uh, and no. And now you can say that there's certain peanut butters that are more nutrient dense if you kind of stick with your. Adams's that is just we ground up a lot of peanuts we added a little salt 
Yeah, we didn't Stir. use hydrogenated palm oil to make it stick together. Yeah, you know, we, you know, here, you got to put some elbow work in here to get this to, you know, get into one kind of thing. Yeah, that's a little bit better than regular peanut butter. But what, anyways, yes, we'll talk about my <laughs> heathenism later. But I would do things like that. And so oh. it's like, this is why I can't have nice things. <laughs> This is why we can't have snacks in the house, man. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Look, it's it's all good. So I'll make 3 a.m. nachos if I have tortilla chips available to me. Not all the time, but more times than one should. Oh, that's <laughs> look, that's why it's good that I don't drink anymore. Cause like that would always lead to like, you know, you're like, I'm hungry. Or, you know, I got to eat my way out of this hangover. All sorts of things like that, you know? So, anyways, we should probably close this podcast out. before. (laughs) That was fun to, you know, talk about our hedonism. But, yeah, yeah. it's a good time. So, anyways, uh, Seth, I don't think you have anything to plug right now, right? Uh, No. uh, Portland's still shut down. I'm not in any theater stuff. And I don't have any other podcasts. So... (laughs) Keep listening to this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do have another podcast. It's a called the List Movie Podcast. Uh, we talk about weird movies. It's fun. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I got. Uh, other than that, we'll uh, talk to you all next week. And you know, in the meantime, let's go Blazers! Woohoo! Awesome. That's awesome. Good. All right.